0: Welcome back. Another week, another show of the Spartan Sports Rap. This is 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Happy Monday once again. I am your host, Alex Sharga, as usual. And to my left is usually a guy named David DeFever. But today, David's out running a quick errand. He should be back a little later in the show. A big lineup today with so much going on in the world of sports right now. It's, it's insane. So much to talk about. So much going on with this MSU football team. Even ranging to Basketball. The schedule was released about a week ago uh, stating which teams that this MSU basketball team would be playing with Tom Izzo this year. A lot of good matchups. We'll get to that later in the show. But if those of you who are just tuning in and if it's your first time, let me explain to you how the show works. Usually, we have our traditional question of the week. How this works is there is a question every week ranging from any sport. And if you guess the question of the week correctly, then you potentially... Can win a prize. Now, this prize is usually a sponsor. Every new, every new week, we usually have a new prize. It can range anywhere from Pita Bucks to a Cozy gift card, anywhere to a gift certificate, even at Nebo. You definitely want to stay tuned each week, and you can potentially win this potential prize. But you may be asking the question, "How do I do it?" Very simple. What you need to do is you need to tweet at eighty nine FM Sports Wrap again. The Twitter name at 89 FM Sports Rap, you need to tweet your answer if you know what it is, and you may potentially win that prize. Now, in the in the future weeks where there are so many different people tweeting in and, and calling in like we do most shows, it's gonna be very hard to pick a random person, you know, th- for who's gonna win the giveaway. Now, how that giveaway is decided is each week we will pick a certain number beforehand. That number can be three could be number five if you are tweet tweeter or caller number five or number three then you will win the giveaway so you need to tweet at 89 FM sports Rap or feel free to call in at any point during the show 432 3893 is the number as usual but in terms of the lineup today at 710 MSU football there was a big story broken by our our our, 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 uh, our past guest Josh Mansuer. Who is the MSU State News football beat writer? He came out with a story. Uh, this this happened actually today, and ESPN came out with a different story about DeAnthony Arnett, who is the wide receiver from Michigan State football. And he quoted Josh's article, and now there's some controversy. We'll get to that at seven ten. Also, we're going to talk about the matchup against Notre Dame this upcoming weekend. We're going to get to that about seven twenty. At seven twenty five, Tiger baseball. Oh. I saw I, I saw myself last week. I thought this was a team that, that could easily be in first place by now, but they're just not getting it done. We'll talk about that at 7.25. 7.40, the Detroit Lions had their first game this past weekend against the St. Louis Rams. It ended up coming out with a W, but it was not fun to watch. We'll talk about that at 7.40. 7.50, we talking, we're talking about Chad Johnson. Uh, it's our it's our dedicated segment that David and I decided that we'd like to do uh Chad Ocho 0 if you're just tuning in for your first time Chad Johnson's been in the news for about 6 weeks now and every new week he has something going on so what I have said and what I have promised on this show is we will continue to talk about Chad Johnson till it stops hey and and if you don't want to hear me talk about it feel free to call in or tweet at 89 fm sports rap always the number at 755 we have our goon of the week. Uh, it's a pretty good goon this week. It's very repetitive most of the time because these goons just, just, just keep doing it way worse. So I really don't know if if this goon is the worst goon that we've had, but it's definitely up there. So you want to stay tuned for that at seven fifty five. But for right now, I do want to kick off the show with MSU football. They went to their, you know, their annual CMU scrimmage. Uh, it wasn't really a scrimmage though. Uh, I'd say it was more of a blowout. And um, th- this team, all right, this team, MSU, it-, it was an interesting game to watch because after that Boise State game, a lot of people had a lot of questions and it wasn't really what we thought it would be. A lot of people thought that Maxwell was maybe the guy to look at. Well, there were also a lot of problems on that receiving core on that MSU team and ranging anywhere from Benny Fowler, who is who was the number one right now. He's playing at the X. It can range anywhere from Benny Fowler to De'Anthony Arnett. And and, and this, these guys are, are quite the guys to really talk about because there were so many turnovers from, from Andrew Maxwell in that first game that were either, a it, was a, it was a bad pass, either inaccurate or maybe too much heat, or it was the receiver's fault, whether he didn't catch the ball, it hit his hands and bounced away. It could have had a variety of different causes. Now, under the lights, that 8 o'clock game, it was a much different atmosphere at CMU this past weekend than it was then. And... It's something that many people didn't really re- didn't really look into. Most people thought this game was you know was CMU had a little bit of a chance. They had a decent quarterback. And for those of you who are listening who do remember years ago, we did have CMU uh, uh, come very close to us and almost beat us. Uh, well, they did beat us uh, back in back in 2010. But years ago, you know they they always contend with us every year. Uh, many people thought this would be a blowout, but. It was definitely a lot closer than what people would think, and it was definitely quite the contest, but it was quite a blowout. Uh, talking a little bit about that game, they did win 41-7. Um, Spartans rode all over Maxwell, who was 20 for 31. He passed for 275, and Le'Veon Bell, coming off that 200-yard game, many people thought he'd be maybe a Heisman candidate. Only 70 yards and two touchdowns. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show, if, if that was appropriate for Le'Veon Bell. Uh... This defense did not give up a touchdown, uh, 245 yards of total offense for CMU, did not score once. And again, last game, when we did play Boise, their touchdowns were all defensive, so that was good to see. But although the Spartans did play well, we always have something to talk about each week. And talking about that CMU game, I want to ask the listeners this, and feel free to call in 517-432-3893. Uh, also, feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Rep. I want to know, which of these younger players, because as we saw that CMU game, we saw this MSU team dominate them. They were up, I think it was 35-0 at halftime, and they started to play some of these second tier guys. They started to play Lawrence Thomas. They started to play Larry Caper a little bit more. They started to look, look a little bit more into Nick Hill. A lot of these guys got their playing time that no one really thought they would have you know, at any point during the season. Uh, it was very interesting to see Larry Caper, who you know who's playing behind a quote-unquote Heisman candidate, interesting to see a guy rack up 30 to 40-yard runs and, and really break out. But besides the fact that these guys got to play, we saw Lawrence Thomas at the fullback position. Now, I asked the listeners, which of these young guys that, that we saw against CMU has the best chance of contributing to this team? Is it a Lawrence Thomas at fullback? I mean... The guy came in as a as a as a linebacker out of high school, converted to defensive end and tight end, and then also now he played fullback and rushed for a touchdown. Interesting to see what what Mark D'Antonio is going to use his guys for. And Lawrence Thomas at, at linebacker, this was a big guy at linebacker. Now he's getting up to you know the high two he's two ninety five now, and you know even though he's a guy that that's a phenomenal player, I think that his teammates really do respect him and. A lot of players came out and and, and and talked to the media about what they liked about about Lawrence Thomas, and overall, I mean, the the guy really is a great run blocker. Uh, Le'Veon Bell came out and, and talked about it. Uh, he's athletic. I mean, guys can't really bring this guy down with his body mass, and he could be a force to reckon with. So, do you look at a guy like like Lawrence Thomas to maybe play fullback in the future? Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. What other guys on this team can potentially play a role, and it could be anywhere from Lawrence Thomas to Larry Caper, or as I was going to talk about earlier, it could be a guy named De'Anthony Arnett. Now, De'Anthony Arnett, uh, there's a lot of a lot of media attention behind this guy right now because about about 20 hours ago, Josh Mansour, the MSU football beat writer who was the special guest last week, came out with an article talking about how D'Anthony Arnett was upset with his playing time against CMU. And he ranged from interviews from, from MSU receivers coach Terrence Samuel. He talked a little bit about what D'Anthony Arnett said. And D'Anthony Arnett, who, for those of you who do not know, D'Anthony Arnett transferred from University of Tennessee to play here and fortunately was able to play this fall. Many people thought he would maybe play next spring, but was able to play this fall, but in his first game, did not get a lot of playing time at all. And MSU receivers coach Terrence Samuel told all the media this week that he would have an increase in playing time against CMU. That is basically the backstory you need to know. Now, against this CMU team, De'Anthony Arnett did have a big catch. He had a He had a grab, I think it went for about 40 or something yards. He had that one grab, two reverses that really didn't go anywhere, basically three plays overall for the whole game. And this was after, you know, the coaches talked about him playing a bit more, This was after, you know, this was after him learning the offense even more. And Josh Mansour uh, interviewed interviewed D'Anthony Arnett, and he had a lot of concerns, Arnett did, about his playing time. D'Anthony Arnett said this, quote, That's been the word that I still don't know the offense, that I'm trying to figure out the verbiage. When you say somebody doesn't know the offense, that's just too broad. You can't say, oh, he doesn't know the offense. I mean, I know the offense. And despite his concerns, uh, Josh wrote about Mark D'Antonio saying about his catch, how that was the major contribution to the game, how that should be really the only thing that should be looked at when it comes to making an impact. And an ESPN article that came out today uh, by a guy named Adam Rittenberg talked about how the media is, is is a little shaky with what DeAnthony Arnett said. He came out with an article saying that DeAnthony Arnett was fine with his playing time, opposed to Josh's article... Who said that he really could not, you know, he really could not contribute and was not pleased. And some of the tweets that D'Anthony Arnett read, uh actually tweeted this week were as follows. Quote, Wow, all of these misleading titles and quotes from you guys is just a shame. Trying to make me out to be a bad apple. That's not my character. End quote. Now, obviously it's getting to the guy and it's also getting to the national stage, but I asked the listeners. And I and I ask any of you who who know a little bit about this this issue, is this something worth talking about? Is is basically the DeAnthony Arnett story? D- does he have a right to be upset, or should he really just quote unquote shut up? I mean, so I mean we've seen plenty of of cases like this in the past. We've seen a Chad Johnson, we've seen Tara Lowens, we've seen these these hot mouth kind of guys, but now we're seeing from a college player. We have two different sources of D'Anthony Onet saying two different things. And Josh, I I spoke to a little bit earlier today, um, you know, it's it's a little shaky right now, you know, I asked him to come on the show, actually, and talk about his article, but with everything going on, I mean, I totally understand he definitely has that right to not really comment on this issue right now, but besides the fact that, besides the fact that he commented in general, does he have a right to be upset about his playing time so far? Does does D'Anthony Arnett deserve a bigger role than what the recei- than what Terry Samuels, the receiver's coach, and what Mark D'Antonio has given him so far? I mean, is this a guy that can contribute to our team? 517-432-3893 or tweet at 89FM SportsRap if you want to comment. Now, our question of the week as far as that's concerned. Every week we have a new topic. We have a new comment. Uh, but our question of the week this week is this. For Ben Wall, for, excuse me, today's the birthday of one Detroit athlete. What I need to know, who is it and how old is he turning? If you know the answer, there's one Detroit athlete today and it's his birthday. Who is the athlete and how old is he turning? I didn't want to say, I almost gave a little bit away over the air of who that was, but you still have to guess the age. So if you know what that is, and if you want to win some bucks, feel free to tweet. At 89FM Sports Rap or call in 517 432 Again, David DeFever joining us later in the show today. Uh, we do have a jam-packed lineup coming up as well. You definitely want to stay tuned for that. Uh, if you are a first-time listener, you must know that this show does have its national broad attention. We have people listening at SGSU, at San Jose State University, that is. We have people listening in Florida. We have people listening in Israel. So I want to give a shout-out to all who are tuning in. Uh, back though to this MSU team, another comment that, that that came up from DAnthony Arnett was about what has happened you know with, with the media so far, with the ESPN article, you know with everything that's been going on. he did comment about about his actual overall playing time and the guys. and he said this quote, "There's guys that have been here for three and four years at my position waiting for their opportunity. I'm learning from them, it's their time to shine." I'm not frustrated about anything at all. It will come. I've only been here eight months, end quote. So with the fact that DeAnthony Arnett, you know, he he did say some things potentially to Josh. Uh, if those things hold true, then you look at something like this and you wonder really what's right. Well, even though if he did tell Josh those things, he's doing the right thing here. DeAnthony Arnett, you know, he's saying what the right thing to say would be in this situation there are plenty of guys like tony lippett and benny fowler who have been here for a year over him and and with that year uh it, it's interesting to see you know the the type of production from each player and many people watching our net last game he made that big catch he made a couple other plays this is a guy that could potentially play in this team you know even at the three or, or number 2 or 3 spot this guy's got you know he's got pretty good hands he's shifty He's got some breakout speed. So this is a guy that that really could hold a a role on this team in the future. But if you think otherwise, feel free to call in 517-432-3893 or tweet at 89FM SportsRap is our Twitter name. If you know our question of the week, which Detroit athlete's birthday it is today and how old... You definitely want to tweet at us because you can win some Peterbucks. Bucks. I'm holding them right now in my hands. They're definitely something that you would love to use here at MSU. But hey, if you're not at MSU, if you're if you're out of, if you're out of state, if you're you know, I could all we could always mail it to you here at the Spartan Sports Rep. So there's there's no limitations for anyone. Anybody could win. It could be used anywhere. So feel free to tweet at 89 FM Sports Rep if you know the answer for our question of the week. Also. Coming up a little bit later in the show that we're going to get to, Detroit Tiger baseball is at its finest. Jim Leland, of course, continuing his moves—you know, controversial or not—as they come. Uh, coming up tonight, they do play the Sox in a four-game series. Uh, this is this is a big time for them. This is really make or break. Uh, speaking of make or break, if Michigan State beats Notre Dame this weekend. Uh, That might make or break Notre Dame's season as well with the the schedule that they have ahead. But this Detroit Tiger team, they do have a four-game series against the Chicago White Sox. And there's been a lot in the media about this Tiger team. Uh, We've talked about earlier and weeks past about how this team cannot produce. This team is not consistent. This team cannot have any second baseman to contribute. But this team's also made some trades. They did deal with their second base situation and... Acquire Omar Infante. They did acquire, you know, uh, some decent pitchers, Honorable Sanchez to name one. And they, they, I mean, they, they definitely are in it to win it this year. Their, their cap is high. They they have the high payroll. You know, they're basically the new Yankees of the Midwest. And I've talked about it with with guests week in and week out how this team cannot produce. This team just does not have it. Now, flashback to last week. This team swept the Chicago White Sox. Was tied for first with Chicago. And potentially, potentially, could have made the playoffs. Now, forward to right now, this Monday, this team drops two of three to the Indians, and they get swept by the Angels. Now, this is pretty controversial, because any win for any ball club, I mean, it's technically fair, and regardless if they're playing a bad team or a good team, a win is a win, and we saw the Lions this last weekend with, with you know being favored so heavily over the St. Louis Rams. It was ugly to watch, but they still won. And we'll talk about later in the show if you have a right to be upset over that game because they still did win. And any game in the NFL is going to be close. But what I want you to realize is every baseball game is so close to what an NFL game would be. Baseball has so many intangibles, so many variables that a loss to, or even a sweep to an L.A. Angel team or, or to a Cleveland Indians team, it really is equivalent to to any loss. I mean, I mean these guys are pros. They deal with what what, what comes in a major league game. But if you disagree with me, feel free to call in 517-432-3893 or tweet at 89FM Sports Wrap. Uh, I mean, if you're not going to disagree with me, I'm sure David DeFever, who will be with us later in the show, will. So you definitely want to get your thoughts in before he comes back. And I'm sure he'll be bickering at me when he walks through the door. But other than that, right now, there is a good amount of coverage coming out of Detroit. Talking a little bit more about this Detroit Lions team. It's really interesting to see what happened in that game. Uh, they did have a lot of trouble on that offensive side of the ball. Three turnovers in the first half. Uh, of course, they dealt with the injuries to their to their secondary. Uh, Bill Bentley getting a concussion that game. He, he left the game Uh Potentially out for a couple more. We'll see with that. Chris Houston and Louis Delmas, who are in that backfield, uh, excuse me, and that secondary as well. You know They're dealing with what their injuries have had, kept them out for training camp. So, of course, Jim Schwartz coming out and saying that they're close to being back, but that remains to be seen. Uh, also in that game, uh, Matthew Stafford with his interceptions that had to do a little bit with the receiving. Uh, it could have been maybe that offensive line. Didn't really hold up. Uh, we're going to get to that later, but for right now, it, it, it's it's definitely a topic that a lot of the media, a lot of people are talking about, and it's definitely something we're going to cover later in the show. Also coming up, the guy himself might call in. We have our segment called Elmo's World. He should be calling in a little bit later in the show. Basically, our, our man Elmo from Detroit, he talks a little bit about what he likes with this Detroit Tiger team. He gives us his thoughts, more about the Detroit sports, what people are, are mainly talking about in the city. But... If you want to talk about what Detroit's talking about, feel free to call in 517-432-3893 or tweet at 89FM Sports Wrap if you know our question of the week, which is there is a birthday of one Detroit athlete. You have to tell who is it and how old is he turning. And if you get that right, you may win some Bucks this week. Uh, I cannot say how much it is, but it's definitely something to look at. So feel free to call or tweet at us at any point during the show. If you know the answer to whose birthday it is today, it's a Detroit athlete. And how old is he turning? Uh, when I first heard how old this guy's turning, I was pretty shocked. This guy is still on a Detroit team. He's still pretty consistent, and he still produces. So feel free to tweet at 89FM Wrap or call in at any point if you know the answer to our question of the week. Going back a little bit now to MSU football, uh, besides the fact that you know these younger guys gain this playing time, I want to talk a little bit about this matchup this weekend against Notre Dame. And it's at home. It's another night game, you know, at the new stadium for MSU. It's definitely a game that that I think is going to be a lot closer, um, if not maybe a loss. Uh, I don't want to, you know, count us out too early. But, I mean, this is a Notre Dame team who's hungry. They have a pretty tough schedule that most 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 college teams really won't have you know Notre Dame not being in a good, you know, in a, in a consistent division, uh, they do have a BCS shot this year. Um, they do have a little bit of a QB controversy. I want to talk a little bit about their team. Uh, like Andrew Maxwell, this was his first year. You know, he didn't really play much under Kirk Cousins, but for this weekend, I want to point out that this Notre Dame team does have a pretty big controversy at quarterback as well. And the, the starter for Notre Dame is Everett Golson. You know, he's their typical starter, Brian Kelly. You know, he's sticking with his decision. A lot of fans, a lot of alumni, you know, are, are getting a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit hesitant about the guy. But uh, for right now, I mean, he's pretty much still the guy to be on that team. Um, Golson the, won the job over Andrew Hendricks, who also is a quarterback on that Notre Dame team. And he basically feels that, you know, this is a guy that he can win the game with. And like Andrew Maxwell, Maxwell is the guy that that his teammates are confident about. Maxwell's the guy who 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 even the coaches are are so confident about which they should be. But even a guy like Andrew Hendricks and a guy like Golson, you know, on this Notre Dame team, you know, they they really did not play that well. I mean, they're 2 and 0 so far, but they uh, 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 Hendricks coming in in one game so far, he, he went 4 for 5. He's got an 80% percentage, so that that's pretty good as, as far as I'm concerned, but uh he did he did not score any touchdowns when he did get in the game. He was sacked once. Last year, he was sacked three times out of the uh, five games he went in, which is pretty good. Uh, besides the fact for Andrew Hendricks, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Everett Golson and what he's done in his first two games. Um, so far, he's been playing very well. He's uh, 33 for 49. He's got a 67% percentage. And he's got two touchdowns and a pick. So it's really not to the point that fans can really, you know, there, there isn't really a better option right now. We've seen from both quarterbacks. They're pre- pretty decent. I mean, this guy's only a sophomore. He's he's a little small, like six feet. So it, when Will Golson comes to rush this guy, it's going to be pretty interesting. A six-footer versus 6'5", 260. It's going to be crazy. So we're going to see what happens with that this week. But feel free to call in, 517-432-3893. Tell me what you're most worried about about this Notre Dame team. Who on this team scares you the most? Is it Everett Golston? Golston, excuse me, not Willa Golston, but Everett Golston. Is it that defense that they've had because their defense has gotten them off to a 2-0 start? Uh, There's a lot to look at at this Notre Dame team. And besides the fact that, you know, Notre Dame opens up their season 2-0, you have to look at what they've done so far with their games. Uh, They do have a game in Ireland coming up later in the year. Um, that should be a pretty interesting game to see considering, considering that the U of M Wolverines played in Dallas. So, but now you have Notre Dame playing in Ireland. So we'll see about that game later this year. But besides the fact that these quarterbacks, you know, they're pretty consistent with that team. They led them to a 2-0 start. I do want to talk about Brian Kelly, because Brian Kelly came in in that organization. He came in, uh, you know, uh, Charlie Weiss, who was the coach previously, you know, kinda did not meet expectations with that that team. He lost, I think it was like four or five to Michigan. And Brian Kelly comes into this team and, you know, takes a team at Notre Dame who has a long lasting tradition of, of football. And now, you know, they're looking at a BCS, you know, potential championship. So this guy's really done a consistent job like Mark D'Antonio has done with Michigan State. It's going to be basically a coaching matchup. I mean, both these teams, you know, they're undefeated. You know, they've played big games so far. They've proven what they can do. They both have new quarterbacks. So, uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned with quarterbacks, that's not really going to be uh, what's going to make or break the team. Notre Dame coming in at number 20 also, to note. But also the fact that they did look good against Purdue, this is going to be a pretty big test. Uh, prediction-wise, I'm going to say that Notre Dame wins this game. Uh of course, being middle, striking middle across the table, I'm not leaning Michigan State as much as I'd like them to, but I really think that, like we've had in the past, although our defense has not lit up a touchdown so far, it's going to be interesting to see how you know Everett Golson reacts against our defense because he got six feet tall, he's coming into a new stadium, he's dealing with the defensive line who's mostly all over 6'3", and it's going to be interesting. I mean, this is a two 0 team. team. Uh, he does have pretty good receive, receivers. Uh, in the past, last year they had a receiver drafted, you know, into the into the NFL draft. And and I mean, this is a team with tradition and with good coaching. This is going to be a pretty big matchup. And Brian Kelly, of course, confident with his quarterback. There's no competition for it. Everett Golson is their guy. So we'll see this weekend. Give me your prediction: five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three or tweet. At 89FM Sports Rap, if you have a gut feeling of what you think is going to happen, uh, I really want to hear it because as far as I'm concerned, I'm more confident about this Notre Dame team than I think most people are. And if Michigan State does lose a game this year, I think over most most candidates, I'd say Notre Dame is a higher candidate. This is based off what we've seen in the past from them. They're kind of offense about how we run our defense. I think we're going to have a lot of, of, of trouble with our 4-3. But that remains to be seen. We will see about that this weekend. Moving on now, our Detroit Tigers. They had their four-game series against Chicago. And Jim Leland, against that series, he did come out and say he was pleased with Avisael Garcia. For For those of you who are just tuning in or who are not aware, Avisael Garcia is uh, a comparable to Miguel Cabrera's little, little brother. This guy is a Venezuelan like Miguel Cabrera. He got called up from A Erie. Similar to Alex Avila, and came in right away. You know, this is a playoff contending team, and hopefully they can stay playoff contending. This is a playoff contending team, and he stepped right in. He's a big guy. I mean, he's he stands real heavy in the batter's box, and he's 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 putting in his time. He, he's gotten some clutch hits. He's gotten a couple Ws for this team. And Jim Leland coming out with a very controversial move, and I want to talk about it because. It deals with a guy that i cringe i cringe my teeth to say his name, and it's ryan Rayburn and Ryan Rayburn is called up for you know he 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 was back in triple A Erie after hitting under two hundred here in the majors. He's getting the nod again you know for for his for this game against Chicago he's batting second tonight, and Jim Leland of course when it comes to a left handed pitcher, he loves to stack his team with right handers and he and Jim Leland tonight. He's coming out and playing Ryan Rayburn. I mean, this is a guy who's getting the nod over two lefties. They're getting a nod over Quentin Barry. They're getting a nod over over Andy Dirks. They're getting a nod over all backups on this team. And, of course, there's always been talks about the Tigers acquiring a right-handed hitter. But it's interesting to see for a guy who hits under 200, him being called up for a playoff September baseball team and getting the nod tonight. So after this quick break here at the Spartan Sports Wrap, we're going to talk about Ryan Rayburn. We're also going to talk about this series against Chicago. Is this team out or is it all possible? As far as I'm concerned, this is a first-place team, not really showing what they have. You are listening to the Spartan Sports drama on Impact 89FM. Stay tuned for more after this short break. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap. You're listening to Impact Exposure.
2: Hey, what floor are you going to?
0: Oh, uh, three. Thanks. Hey, Didn't we, uh, have...
2: Yeah, that one class. Yeah,
0: that's so funny to (laughs) to see you, because I (coughs) thought maybe we could, uh... Would you ever want to, (coughs) um... I was wondering if you... If
2: I could stick my finger in your eye.
1: What? No. Oh, I
2: just flushed some toilets and touched a doorknob. What? I've been keeping this moist Kleenex in my pocket. that's Uh, so gross. I thought we could, you know, just stick my finger Uh. in your eye. Is that weird? No,
1: don't touch me. What's wrong with you? Oh.
2: Sorry. Well, ever since you got in the elevator, you've been coughing all over your hands and pressing those buttons, so I just thought you were into that kind of thing. Free. Free.
0: Studies show that three-quarters of women and only half of men actually wash their hands in the bathroom. That's nasty. Stop the flu and other germs by regularly washing with soap and avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. More at cdc.gov slash hands. Impact 89FM. And welcome back. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. This is eighty-eight point nine WDBM East Lansing. I'm your host, Alex Sharg. If you were just tuning in, and to my left, David DeFever finally set set his foots in the studio. Uh, it's great to have him here. Another week, another show. But besides that, David, we just got you know into the subject about the Detroit Tigers. This is a team that that dropped three to the LA Angels. This is a team that dropped 2 out of 3 to the Cleveland Indians, and now they're calling up Ryan Rayburn once again, David. They're for calling him up again. A,
2: for a White Sox series, too. Why do we do this?
0: It's amazing to see, but besides the fact that it is a White Sox series, uh, the bigger question I have, David, is is besides the fact that he is a right-handed hitter, we do not have a lot of right-handed guys behind Ryan Rayburn, not a lot of reserves for that matter. You know, They were looking to acquire a right-handed bat, but Besides the fact Ryan Rayburn's called up again, what do you make of this move? Is this is this a, is this a move that's really going to cost them a game? I mean, personally, I feel that Ryan Rayburn, at any point playing him, is going to cost them a game.
2: Yeah, we this guy's been questionable all year. We've been bagging on him all year. And right now, I'm so fed up with the Tigers, so maybe this little change might spark something. But the inconsistency of this team against teams that we should just sneeze on and blow by we lose to the indians we lose to we get swept by the kc royals and then we sweep the white Sox. we just can't get past these garbage teams that should be easy wins we could easily be a couple games if not a handful of games above the white Sox right now and and with cleveland their 10 games all these uh all these teams that were losing to series two and losing two out of three and only grabbing one game They're all teams that aren't even in the race at all. They're they're so far out of the playoff spot. It just bothers me to see how this Tigers team has been all year and that we just can't get past those little teams. I mean, we have the bats from the big guys like Fielder Cabrera. We're only getting pitching out of Scherzer and Verlander. Sanchez can't catch a win to save his life. I'm, I'm getting fed up with the Tigers. And hopefully with bringing Rayburn up, even though we aren't a fan of him, he can... Spark some energy in this Detroit club,
0: of course. And now we do have our segment Elmo's World. He's back again for another week. Elmo calling in from Detroit. We're talking Detroit Tigers with him because he's right down there in the city. He knows what the atmosphere is like. So yeah, Elmo, tell me what your thoughts are about Ryan Rayburn getting called up tonight. Uh, I think I think the
1: Tigers are are, are just searching for an answer. They they're they're, they're they're they know they're in a bad position right now, and they're just trying to shake up the team. Maybe. We have no one else to bring up. That's all
0: we got left. Yeah, I I, I see I exactly that's who we have left, Elmo. But there comes a question that I ask and Ryan Rayburn tonight, he's playing left field. We do have a bunch of left handed hitters, you know, who you know, we are facing a left handed pitcher tonight, but does it I mean we're we're facing Jose Quintana. Uh he's the starter tonight. But uh my question for you, Elmo is is a right handed bat in Ryan Rayburn better than a left-handed bet in Brennan Bosch or any other outfielder we have?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: And you know what, Elmo? You know, you're know you agreeing with me, but I mean, David, I'm sure, may think a little otherwise. This is strategic. This is a team that is looking for a spark. I-, I do see that Ryan Rayburn, Jim Leland, sees that Ryan Rayburn can be a spark plug. But what we've seen so far with this team this past week, Elmo, we've seen the sweep by the Angels. We've seen them drop two or three to the Indians who aren't even in contention right now. Um, is this team really playoff bound? I just want to hear a prediction.
1: Uh, I don't think they're ready. I, I, they're I, mentally. They're if they're a, if they're a championship team, they need to win these games, and they haven't been able to do so.
0: Absolutely. Now, now, David, uh, your thoughts uh, on this team? Is this a playoff team? Uh, how are they going to deal with this White Sox team? What in this four game series
2: against Chicago? We need all four. Need all four. Hey, we need three or four. We can't go split. We. How many games are we back right now? Oh, I mean, besides the fact that we were tied
0: for first place, uh, you know, right. weeks ago against Chicago, uh, it's amazing to see how far, you know, we fell we fell back, you know, since then. Yeah. And after being, you know, tied with them, it's amazing to see that the Detroit Tigers now are two games back once again. Okay. Two games back. And, you know, they're certainly not out. Chicago, of course, losing some games. Yes. But But Elmo... Uh, you know, besides the fact that if this Detroit Tiger team isn't a playoff team, who is the champion in this American League?
1: American League? You got to go with the Yankees.
0: Yeah, of course, but I mean, is there any look into that Texas Ranger team? They do have a better record.
1: You yeah. know, I think they do have a better record. But uh, unfortunately I'm a Yankee fan so I'm a are Yankees so I'm gonna
0: go with the Yankees uh Elmo a little biased meh, for that yeah. matter but <laughs> all right uh, fair enough Elmo uh before you know I get you off the phone here uh, I do want to talk about the Detroit Lions because you saw this first game uh you saw Matthew Stafford throw three picks in the first half is, is this a fluke is this something to worry about is it just getting the rattles out I mean this is a professional athlete it's, there's no there's no cupcake oh I just got to college football anymore
1: well, I think Stafford's going to be is one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He proves he proves it game in and game out. Even though it's
0: yeah, but Elmo, if he's going to be a top quarterback, he can't throw three picks his first game in.
1: You know, it, it's, he's the kind of quarterback that you used to see in, in, a, in a John Elway and a, a Dan Marino. When their when back's up against the wall, they still get the ball back and score at a time. Oh, sure. I, I, think, I think the problem with the Lions, though, they're going to have is the offensive line in the running game.
0: Yeah no now tell me about that running game because I saw Kevin Smith I mean this guy's been with the organization for years I I saw Kevin Smith run the ball he looked pretty decent he looked yeah, wasn't too bad he wasn't too bad but besides for the injuries and, and maybe the offensive line I, I could see that there aren't enough holes uh, do you think that the offensive line and the holes is, is really going to affect the team is that a make or break for them or
1: well in order for Stafford to have a uh, to have a winning season he's going to need a running game to offset the passing game. Hmm. So I think uh, I don't think the Lions are going to make it through the whole year.
0: Okay. Now, if you think otherwise, listeners, 517 432 is the number, or tweet at 89FM SportsRap. And if you know our question of the week, today is an athlete of some Detroit team. It's his birthday. I need to know what his name is and how old he is turning. So if you know that answer, feel free to tweet at 89FM SportsRap or call in Elmo.
1: Alex, love this show.
0: Elmo, wait! I got one more question for you. Don't be sure to hang out yet. All right. So we saw the game once again. We saw them with the L. We saw St. Louis with the L. The score was very close, and this was a this was a game that most people thought that it wouldn't really be a game to watch. This was a blowout. This was you know a, a definite mismatch in the passing game for the Detroit Lions. Uh, should people just be happy with a win, or is this something to really look into? Is this a little bit worrisome for this team?
1: Um, I really don't think so. I think it's too early to tell. But on the team, even though we went into that game thinking that the Lions were going to blow them out, you can't blow out a Jeff Fisher team. Jeff Fisher is bringing into to the the program a hell of a team. They were ready to play. Um, They gave us a good run for our money. And the Lions, they... they came through in the clutch. That's what a that's what a championship team does.
0: Sure. All right, Elmo. I appreciate you calling in. I hope you're spreading the word around about the Spartan Sports rap. And hey, Elmo, that's before that. you go, can you guess whose Detroit athlete's birthday it is today? Can you guess who it is and how old maybe?
1: What sports team is he on, Alex?
0: Ah, uh, I, I guess I'll give it a hint. All right, it's it's a Detroit Piston. It's his birthday today, and he's turning pretty old. With, I'm
1: gonna go with the, the, the Brandon uh, Knight.
0: Ah, Elmo, unfortunately, that's not it. But I appreciate you uh, trying to conquer it. Uh, if you're listening, you definitely want to call in which birthday it is because you may win some Peter Bucks. So Elmo, thanks for calling in. Hope you keep listening. And uh we'll see what happens this week with our Detroit teams.
1: You got it. Love this show. Take
0: care. Take care. See ya. All right, David. So Elmo gave his take on this Detroit Lions team. I want to hear from you and listeners, feel free to call in also. But this this team, you know, they came, they won twenty seven twenty three, but should the score have been way less? Uh is this something to really worry about or should they just be fine with the win
2: I think that we're fine with the win there's obviously a lot of things that the Lions need to work on looking into the second week coming up especially against a dominant San Francisco 49ers team who you know stopped over Green Bay in at Lambeau Field I mean it's gonna be I we did beat them last year but it's gonna be tough San Francisco is not a cakewalk they're like I mean, St. Louis we thought was going to be kind of easy and we're going to blow over. And then next thing I know, I come out of my room and my roommate tells me Stafford's already got three picks, one for a pick six, but the game's a three-point game. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. For how good Stafford is, I think he's going to learn from these mistakes. It seems those were pitch and catch to their cornerbacks and defensive backs to St. Louis. It's too. It's way too early. It's the first game. We got the W. It's time to focus on San Francisco and figure out how we're gonna stop their offense with Frank Gore and Alex Smith, along with getting past their defense, which is pretty strong.
0: No, absolutely. And besides the fact that they did have a tough, you know, a tough run at that defense, I almost said this is a Jeff Fisher team. This is it a is. guy who's had past coaching Tennessee. Yes, you know,
2: a lot he, of success.
0: Of course, he did develop. You know, a Steve. A, you know. Uh, you know, Steve McNair, and he yep. did deal with an Eddie George. So, I mean, this is a guy who has the experience, and I said it from the get-go. You know, Sam Bradford, you know, as bad as St. Louis is. He's
2: he's a good quarterback. He's
0: a game-changer. He is. And, you know, this was, an, uh, this was a matchup, and when it comes to the NFL, no game is really a win, you know, regardless if there's a matchup. I mean, any team, even the Lions, we've seen where some people thought they could have went 0-16 two years ago. They ended up getting five wins. Yeah. and. You know, it, it varies year in and year out, and this unfortunately, you know, they did win, but I don't think it's, you know, it's something to really look into. You know, most teams do prepare pretty well for these games, yes, so so it's not even that it was much of a disadvantage. But David, setting aside from the Detroit Lions for a sec, we earlier we were talking. Uh, I don't know if you heard we we were talking about that MSU CMU game this weekend, okay? And yeah. we were talking about that receiving core because. Although it was a blowout, we're not gonna really talk about it much on the show because they look great. They yeah. didn't allow a touchdown again. Uh you know, there were a couple of small lapses, but it wasn't significant. Yeah. Uh, they're they're on the right track. Uh I do want to ask though, because D'Anthony Arnett is a wide receiver transfer. You know, he he played at Tennessee last year as a true freshman. Yep. He did have twenty four receptions. He did have that game experience. Not playing much so far for the Michigan State team. Uh he did come out with two different sources. One source said that he was upset that he didn't play. Another source said that he didn't care he didn't play. He was all about the team. Yeah. You know, those guys had the chance over him. He understands that. But, I mean, what's your take on this issue? Is this something for him to, you know, to really get the attention towards? Is this uh, something that DeAnthony Arnett said that, uh, you know, is it worth even really talking about? Or? It,
2: it, he's got to earn his spot on this team. We talked in past weeks how we have a very young wide receiver crew, and we know that he's got the experience at Tennessee, and he's coming over. But on any like on any other team, you have to earn that spot. And I did see he did get a couple touches, and did he score a touchdown by chance?
0: Oh, he didn't.
2: He, he did didn't. not. But I mean, he finally got them touches in. It he's he's just got to prove himself, and he got those. I mean, he got the experience in the game against CMU. We got to see a little bit of backup quarterback action. Um, so far, I'm, I'm satisfied with State's football play. I mean, it was CMU, but that that was a game they needed after Boise to get everyone kind of. The field now they have the home home game upcoming against Notre Dame. Sure, they got the whole night game experience. They know what the road feels like. You know what the energy and how it's going to pan out. But it's something that he needs to let go. He can't bring too much attention because that's just going to bring stress to the team, and no one likes that at all. But as a wide receiver, he needs to earn him. He needs to earn the spot in the field. And I mean, the harder he works, is a better chance of him that he's going to get a start.
0: Oh, absolutely! And besides the you know the fact that he may not get a start, uh, it's amazing that we've seen Tony Lippett. You know he dropped a couple passes. You know in past games, we we've seen the running back. You know the the running backs really lead this team. But mm-hmm. last game, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, as much as we were winning in the game, yeah. a lot of the of last game was more on the pass game. It was, and Le'Veon Bell only seventy yards on the ground. Uh but. He still did contribute. It wasn't, you know, Heisman-Maxwell-type numbers. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like, Maxwell, the trophy Maxwell, not Andrew Maxwell. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it was interesting to see how, how we changed our game plan a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that was more adjusted to CMU? Because I, I watched that game, David. This CMU defense was small. Yeah. Uh, these guys were, you know, were, were up, to the, up to the shoulders of oh, even Larry Caper, And, you know, as, as small as they were, as much as we did dominate them – Do you think that that passing change opposed to running was more because Maxwell was more comfortable? Or do you think it had to do more with the game plan? Uh, Was this more of like, a uh, oh, we're pretty confident about Maxwell this week. We'll let him throw the ball more.
2: I think they gave him a chance to throw the ball more. And, I mean, if we really wanted to run Le'Veon Bell like we did the first week, he could easily add 200 yards. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think they kind of tested a lot of different guys in this game, and mostly for Maxwell. To get more experience underneath his arm throw, and he, couple he had a couple mis miscommunications in the air against Boise. He had a a few overthrown passes that should have connected, and just for him to get more reps in, it's it's just gonna make him more comfortable in the pocket, especially coming up against a Notre Dame team who it's not gonna be as easy as Central, but it'll give him a challenge.
0: Oh yeah, a challenge, and I'm, and I'm sure
2: that um, the Spartans are gonna go to Le'Veon Bell more. This is a more hype game. And this game. Notre Dame
0: team against Notre Dame, they're going to go to one more.
2: I think so. Okay. I I mean, they're going to go air. They have to. It's it's a two two way offense. But I mean, if Le'Veon Bell breaks those tackles and is hurdling people again, you can't shy away from handing him the ball.
0: Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. What's the game plan against this Notre Dame team? Is it more on the ground? Is it more in the air? David says it's more on the ground. We saw Maxwell against CMU. He was really more in the air, but that remains to be seen. Also tweet at 89 FM if you know our question of the week. If you do want to comment or, or you want us to talk about something other, you know, than this MSU team right now, also feel free to, you know, feel free to call in. Uh, back to this Tiger team, David. Leland says he wants a sense of urgency. This is September baseball.
2: Like, we should have seen urgency a long time ago. Sure,
0: and and I ask the question, if it's more that Leland is saying that the players need the urgency, do you look at Leland and maybe question it a little bit about what he's saying? Because he's, he's blaming the players you know, over some of his managerial decisions.
2: Yeah, and the urgency that comes from the players is backed up by the coach, which obviously Leland is doing. I mean, he's a quiet guy, but we don't know what gets said in the locker room. But I mean... It's always the players. I mean, but the way that you set your lineup is, your lineup, That's that comes down to Leland. And, I mean, I know that we're talking how he's trying to spice things up, maybe shake it uh. up a bit, bringing up Rayburn. But when fans see that and hear that, does that... Bring down our urgency because it, it doesn't really make me happy at all that the decisions he makes sometimes and who he's going to play in the outfield or in the infield
0: and even when to pull pitchers we've seen so many times he's left relievers in for innings upon innings and you know he does have a reasoning behind each each decision, decision
2: but it hasn't really panned out for us sure. lately and I'm I'm looking at the schedule I mean if we take three or four we'll be even with the White Sox yep and then we have the Indians out of the playoff race. Then the next biggest competition is the athletics who are having a better year than they've had in a long time. Then we play home against the Twins, home against the Royals, at the Twins. I mean these a lot are away games. Yeah, yeah. The the we have the next seven games are away, and then yep. the next nine, ten are at home. Wow. And they're all against I mean athletics are gonna be the only You know, team that are going to give us some competition, but with the way the season's been going, we might get swept at home against the Twins and the Royals, who aren't even in close contention to making playoffs. I'm saying if we take three or four from these White Sox teams and we come home, take two or three from the Athletics, which that's up in the air, we finally get our game going against the Twins, the Royals, and then at Minnesota again. I mean, we can easily blow past the Chicago White Sox team. Like, the rest of our sure. schedule is set up for us to win this division. And just the inconsistency and in what we've seen with this Detroit, this Detroit Tigers baseball team, it, it leaves a question mark to everyone. Because yep. we've talked about in past weeks how these teams that aren't even, you know, shouldn't even be in contention for a win against us. I mean, you said the lottery said the Detroit Tigers are supposed to win the World Series, and these are the teams that we're supposed to walk over. So <laughs> I'm worried about the rest of the season. I mean, I like the the awful teams that we're playing and how much we have them in the end of the season and the end of this yeah, run going sure. into the playoffs. But I, I'm still questioning if they're going to make it. Like, right now, the way they're playing Alex... And what we see out of this White Sox series, and I know we'll touch on this a lot next week, however this week and weekend plans out. Do you see the Detroit Tigers making the playoff run?
0: And you know what Or I, even making the playoffs. Last week I would have said yes. I think last week I, I saw the progress that they needed to this point. I think that, you know, I, I like the teams personally that that kinda sit back at second or third place, you know, with About two or three months left and then get hot at the end. I think those hot teams, you know, usually are the ones that come out successful. But if you ask me right now, I'm going to say no. I don't think this is a playoff team. And, of course, they have seven road games. They have four at Chicago. They did sweep Chicago. But I think this is a team that is easily going to win at least two games. Uh, If if the Tigers take two or three, I'd be very pleased. Very pleased, yes. Uh, I think you should count this series out and and focus more on the remaining games because besides the fact that the Tigers, they do have Chicago, they do have a pretty tough schedule left to play. I do want to look at the Chicago White Sox schedule here for a second because this is a schedule that most people aren't really looking at and yes, the Chicago White Sox, they do have the Tigers at home you know they, they do have that advantage they are playing you know you know they're, they're playing a pretty banged up team right now. but after the Tigers, okay, they've got three games against the twins. They've got 3 games at the Royals and they've got 3 games at the Angels. Now, what's really interesting, okay, is after they play at the Angels, they have a series with the Indians, but their last series is against the Tampa Bay Rays, Rays. who are also in contention for a wild card spot. And with two hungry teams and the Tigers, they have their last series uh, you know, uh I think they're against the I think they're against Minnesota in their last series, but with their last series, you know, Chicago is really more the team that is facing that pressure at the end of September.
2: Yeah, and, and the Rays are a good team. So with them, and, and them playing the Angels as well, I mean, the Angels have given the Tigers some struggle. But we, like you said, we need to focus on how the White Sox pan the rest of their season now. We know that we have the athletics, but that's about it. All the rest of the team's you know, they should be wins for us. Sure. But they have the Angels and they have the Rays. I mean, it's at home, but still, the Rays are And it's four games with the Rays. Right. So, And th- and that's those aren't easy games to win because sure. the Ray- Rays, they'll, they'll bring the sting. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yes, we need to watch this White Sox team and see how they do, and hopefully the Twins and the Royals can help us out yeah, on just, the way Yeah, just there.
0: a little bit. And hopefully the, the Rays are bringing the sting... I want to talk about Valverde here for a second because you know I I saw you know after we had the show last week you know the Tigers did close it out but game in and game out this guy always just you know you bite your nails again you bite your nails do you see this guy you know being pretty clutched on the stretch do you see him maybe blowing a save once in a while David or uh with the Royals twins and, and athletics uh or do you see him really having an advantage over these teams
2: he should have an advantage over these teams that's for sure and i don't know how many games or how many blown saves he's had in previous games against them since we've all had all one one run games with these lower division teams um he's the guy that's going to have to step up for us because a lot of these games that we've had have just been one run losses right? see 2 yeah. to 3 2 to 3 2 to 3 Four, four of the last five games were two to three. Four of the last six were two to three losses. Sure. I mean, we can't be having one run games against those
0: two to three losses and two to, and two games, two games back of the division. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to see and I guess David I guess we'll see from here on out what really will
2: happen to that team big week and weekend coming up for the titans that's for sure
0: yep Uh, five minutes left in the show 517-432-3893 if you want to get on last couple minutes of the show or if you know our question of the week there is a Detroit athlete's birthday today Uh, it is a Detroit piston I gave it out earlier in the show how old is he and who is it if you want to win some pita bucks you may be able to answer that question and win so feel free to tweet or call in We'll announce the winner later in the show. Uh, we do have our traditional Goon of the Week segment. I talked about it earlier. Uh, this week's Goon, I've decided to tie in with our Chad Ocho Zero segment. Uh, I just think this is too funny. Uh, we, we've had Chad Johnson be a Goon before. Uh, he's no longer Ocho Cinco. You do have to remember that. So you gotta you gotta refer to him as Chad Johnson now. But Chad Johnson, we always ask, what happens with Chad Johnson this week? This is also covered by TMZ. This is a news everywhere. Fox News Latino. This is everywhere. Chad Johnson this week refuses to sign his divorce documents. Uh, basically, his reasoning for it, uh, and th- these are sources close to Chad Johnson and, and Evelyn Lozada, Uh they said that he's refusing to sign because he's trying to win her back. So, David, uh, I put this guy as my goon, and I'm going to add Evelyn Lozada as the goon also because... I just think it's ridiculous that she's even listening.
2: Yeah. to him. And
0: obviously, you know, she she may be saying no. We don't really know what's going on with him trying to win her back. Yeah. But sources do confirm that he is trying. And I'm just amazed that after the domestic abuse that he gave, nice that she's headbutt. willing to sit yeah, nice little headbutt. uh she's willing to sit there and listen to his antics and listen to his plea
2: instead of giving him the cold shoulder and say, "No, I'm done." <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think she needs to think, <laughs> use her brain, and see what this guy is really about. I mean, day in and day out, we'd say the same thing. He's media, does this, changes his name, changes his name back, gets cut from two teams, It's not going to play in the NFL. Now he's trying to win this girl back after headbutting her.
0: Now, now, I do also wonder, they did have a projected reality show. Chad Johnson and his wife, they were going to have a show about the two of them, their daily life. Uh, not much really released about it. Uh, the show is canned, but I, I got to ask, David, do you think that his attempt to win her back, and maybe her even listening, can have a little slight motive of of maybe that that money endorsement? You know, he does owns. You know, he does. You know, he does owe people some money. Yeah, he is. You know, he is under a lot of loans. He he did foreclose his home, so. I wonder, you know, David, is this really motivated because of the money, because of, you know, the potential winnings that he could have with a reality show with her?
2: Yeah, I think it is. I mean, everything a lot of these days comes down to the business aspect and the the money side of things. I mean, he's a lot of things are just going bad for him. So, I mean, he's trying to regroup and. Prove he's a nice guy or show that he cares about her, and if she's willing to listen and maybe work things out, then best of luck for them, but I don't think we'll be seeing an appearance from him in the sports world for a while, but hey, if you like v h one or anything like that, you right. can see him there <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I mean hopefully he'll even be allowed on it,
2: but yeah. <laughs> also uh I want to read this
0: quote that his his ex now his now his ex but oh jeez. Uh, she didn't come out and say this quote. It is my sincere hope that he seeks the help he needs to overcome his troubles. Domestic violence is not okay and hopefully my taking a stand will help encourage other women to break their silence as well. That's what she told that's what she told TMZ. Now she is listening to the guy but she does stand behind the fact that domestic violence is unacceptable. Yes. Now the fact that she is, you know, she's coming out with the right statements. Do you see her as maybe a slight goon this week and and even listening to him?
2: I I do. With With that exact same quote you just said, if you're going to say domestic violence is a bad thing and promote other girls to come out and other women to say and speak up about it, but yet she's still giving this guy a time of day after he committed that against her. It just doesn't make sense to me. I really don't want to get into their personal life, but, I mean, it's all over the news, so it's kind of hard to ignore. But, I mean... It's just all—he'll be a goon on this show for a long time. That's why we have a segment for him. Oh yeah,
0: and of course we at the we at the sports wrap. We are, are on Twitter actively. We are following this guy. Uh, he did come out with a new tattoo, uh, and he tweeted it. You know, it, it had to do a little bit with his his recent breakup, and, and that tattoo is attempting to win her back. Actually, oh, my so I mean, this guy's really doing all the he's, stuff. He's
2: he's desperate. <laughs> he's doing whatever yeah, he can yeah. to get something going for him.
0: Again, the MSU Spartans playing Notre Dame this weekend. Uh, it's going to be quite the quite the match, David. Yep. Final predictions right now. You missed it earlier in the show. I call Notre Dame
2: winning. You call and, Notre that, Dame, and that's
0: me being down the middle here.
2: Two two years in a row. I think two years in a row. I now, think I'm going to side with you on this one, all as right. much as I don't want to, but <laughs> I think Notre Dame will. I don't know. It's going to be it's it's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to see how the starting the Spartans play, how that defense works. Whether we go run game or air game, uh, it, it's going to be a tough battle, but we'll see if ND can win or we'll see if MSU can hold their ground at
0: home. And we will see. Thanks again for listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap. We'll, we'll be back next Monday, same time from 7 to 8 p.m. No one actually answered our question of the week correctly, so it's going to be another week. We will wait again till next week to see if someone gets it right. I'm Alex Sharg, and to my left. I'm David DeFever. And we will see you next week. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.